a lot of sellers, when they give a discount, they think you're, they're doing you a favor. It's really the wrong place to be in. You're doing them a favor by buying it because you're using capital to close quickly and that's what they want. And yes, it'll be less, but you're going to move on to whatever your next step is quickly with certainty if the price is right. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey everyone, welcome to Big Fat Real Estate Checks. My name is Marco Kozlowski and I'm joined with Francesco Galluccio and we are missing our third musketeer, Gabriel Araish. And I don't think we've done one of these in a very long time without Gabriel. He's usually uh, the keener. Oh, don't worry about Frank. Let's just do one anyway. Leaving Frank in the dust. But uh, today he is not able to uh, join us for this session. We're going to be discussing uh, LOI for a no, which means letter of intent when you're making offers with the intention of getting a no. We've sort of brushed this through other podcasts. And speaking of other podcasts, if you have not listened to at least the first 10, the number of fingers that you should have, unless you've lost one in some sort of accident, you need to listen to the first 10 because that explains exactly how we get into asset-based lending, why we can get money without using any of our credit, because we use skills instead of money to buy as many assets as possible. And we do this every single day. And uh, we'd like for you to do this every single day so you can replace your active income, things that you actually have to work hard for every single day to get a paycheck into passive income where you work once and get paid for a lifetime. And your children's 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 children can get paid for a lifetime as well. And as inflation pushes and drives the cash flow and the value of your assets higher, you're building tremendous amount of wealth using real estate debt as your friend. That's all we do. Uh, actually, we do a lot more than that, but we like to have fun helping others as well really achieve financial uh, greatness uh, very, very quickly, provided that you're putting in the time and the effort as well. So welcome, Frank. We were just discussing prior to this some followers of ours who are still eager to get a yes, scared to get a no, and I really want to get into uh, this big idea. Oh forgot. If you are not subscribed yet, please do. My producers are going to kill me if I don't say this. So like us, love us, follow us, please let your whole tribe know as well that, that you're learning a lot and can action some of this stuff so you can really derive as much value as possible, which is really our passion to just to give to give and give you some really awesome tools and skill sets that you can use for a lifetime. So back to LOI for a no, which of course stands for letter of intent or some sort of offer where we are, our intention when we make one is to get a no. So, which is really counterintuitive because most people want to make an offer to get a yes. Oh, I made an offer. I got it accepted. You paid too much. And there's some psychological, I want to say you have psychological issues for doing that, but there are processes <laughs> uh, that are psychologically based in order for us to do this correctly. So let's just say you're going to have to tweak your mindset a little bit to understand uh, why we do it and why it's so powerful. So Frank, take it yeah, away. Yeah, let me just add to that. I just want to back up just a little bit why agents or even sellers ask for an LOI. Most of them, and we, we just went through one as an example, students, and most of them are non-binding. They just want to see where the buyer is. And for the most part, realtors uh, do ask for an LOI only to go back to the seller and say, look what I did. You know, look, look at all the LOIs I got. Look at all the offers I got. But also they want to test out the terms because sometimes price is not the motivating factor when they do get an offer. I know, you know, when we talk to many sellers, 
and you know they said well we got full price but the seller rejected it well why did they reject it you know was it cash and with you know with no contingencies or was it quick whatever so the LOI is a twofold for the agent or the seller it's to feel out who's going to be the quickest with less headaches with less contingencies whether you know that seller I mean that buyer is looking for financing or whether they whether they put a condition that hey if we buy this property we want to rezone it so it's for them to go back to the seller and say look what I got for you guys from a buyer's perspective, yeah, Marco, most of us, you know, unless you're educated, you send out an LOI in hopes and pray to get a yes. And really the intent, uh, if you follow Marco's following uh, teachings, is the intent when you do an LOI for a no, it's just a starting point. It's the runway you're taking off. It's to start the compressing of the gap. So you got to start from somewhere. So, and again, we don't just give an LOI freely as soon as they ask for it. We actually have, you know, a strategy where they kind of beg a little bit for it. And then only when they do that, we strategically give it to them with certain conditions in there where it's really attractive, like the terms that is, and maybe the EMD, like which is the deposit, but maybe not the price is not the hottest things. And that's just a starting point in exchange for hopefully a strong counter. And that's the whole purpose of it. Correct. Yeah. And we're positioning that we're wanting to close quickly. We're ready to put a large sum down upon acceptance. And uh, again, one out of a thousand might say yes. And in that case, we have to do a little bit more due diligence to see what's wrong with the property because it's very rare. But our position is we're going to, Frank was saying, we get them to beg first. It's actually true. We have people begging us to make a very low offer. We tell them, listen, I'm going to make you an offer. It's going to be low. You're going to hate it. And I honestly rather just not even do that. I don't want to you know, hurt anyone's feelings. And when you do a takeaway from a psychological point of view, saying, listen, I'll make you an offer. It's going to be cash. We're going to close right away, but you're not going to like it. It's like saying I have a lot of candy and I'll give you some, but I don't think you're going to like the number of candy I'm going to give you. And I might actually hurt your feelings. It's really good candy, though. <laughs> and your, your counterpart is going to be like, well, wait a second. I want to taste this candy. Show me the candy. And most people want what they can't have. So by doing a takeaway or a pull strategy, those that are more motivated to come forward and say, okay, we're open to something that's lower. Show us what you got. And we'll disclose that, again, not going to like it, it's going to be low, and we do expect something that's going to be strong as a counter. So we're, the objective in an LOI, again, it's a letter of intent. It's just a letter with the intention to make some sort of numbered offer with an understanding that it's non-binding. An LOI is non-binding. You could put, I'll buy full price, put all the money down today, and you know that I'll give you a car, and you can take my wife and my kids. It's non-binding. It's just something that's written on a piece of paper that they can bring to the seller, as you said, which is the job of the agent to get the best, highest price, the best deal for who they're representing. That's the responsibility. That's their, their fiscal responsibility to do so. So nothing wrong there. It's just we want to present ourselves as a strong cash buyer. Here are the terms that we're going to have, which is very aggressive, very low price, but very aggressive closing terms and deposit, which is very appealing to a seller if they're motivated to sell quickly. Yeah. We're expecting a no, right? Which, exactly. Which and that's the, the biggest mistake a lot of people do is when they put some, an LOI together and they put an offer down, they put an offer on where they want to end up at, which you don't do that. You never put an amount where you want to, where you want to end. That offer has got to be substantially low so it gives you negotiation power later on because you're expecting that no and now you have some leverage in between where they're at and where you're at but if you you know if you show all your cards all at once and on your first offer then you got no negotiating power and that's going to be pretty shitty and you know you may not get to the closing table basically you look like an asshole because you haven't given yourself room to go up at all yeah. like you're painting yourself in a corner saying okay well here's all the marbles i have and 
I don't have an ace of spades. I don't have a way to get out of this. This is the most I can do. And it's really going to piss off the seller if you're making a very low offer and they come down. And let's say you're only missing, you know, 3% to get no money out of this deal because if, with asset-based lenders, there's a threshold where if you, for example, they'll give you 70% of the value of the asset and you're at 73% and you've offered exactly 70 you can't go up because if you do go up a penny or a dollar or ten dollar one percent you're bringing that to the closing table because you have to because you've made a commitment again it's only an loi it's not the end of the world you can always say oops i made a mistake see you later but it's way easier just to offer a lot less and then come back anyway and so i think mistake number one is making offers that are too high understanding that you should get a no and the big question mark is why what makes you not want to make an offer that gets rejected if our intention is to get rejected anyway what's the problem why aren't more humans that are in the business making lower offers that's a real question mark it is and, and right? well i don't know the answer to that uh, they're anxious to, to get it so when people want something they're they're, they're going to pay for it and yeah you're going to get into a pricing war but even sellers when they list a property for sale they're not going to list it. They're going to hope they're going to get what they're listing it for, but they know realistically deep down that if they list it for a million bucks, they know they're not going to get a million dollars for it. They're trying to feel out the market. They'll make the market dictate what it is, the demand for it. And and then the seller, depending on their situation, you know, what's their motivating factor to sell it, then they may have some leverage. They go, you know what, should I take full price? But this guy may take, you know, six months to close and I don't even know if he's going to close or should I go with this group that says, you know, they got the money and they're going to close within a month. It's more attractive. So they're willing, again, we're exchanging that speed for equity, right? That's what we bring to the table is speed for equity. And if time is not a factor for them, then that's great. They can wait as long as they want to wait and maybe take a, a higher offer, but wait longer for it. But if those that want to sell right away for whatever reason, and they want money now, then they're willing to you know, shave a little bit of the price in order to close now with less headaches, less contingencies. And that's the biggest problem that most of us do is, and again, there's a, there's a buyer's remorse and there's seller's remorse. It works both ways on both parties. So can you imagine if you, you know, someone's selling, Marco's selling a property for a million and you offer a million, and I've seen some of them really weird where they offered more than they asked. Uh, so, and you offer more, Marco's gonna, have second thoughts and say, shit, I could have probably got more if I held out before I agreed, you know, to Frank's offer. And that may derail the, the, the deal because now when I present Marco with my, with the purchase and sale agreement, there's going to be conditions in there that I want to verify income. I want these documents. Marco may, may, may already be bitter for accepting my offer on, on the first crack. And he may say, you know what? I'm doing Frank a favor, which you'd never want to be in that position. You as a buyer want to be in the position where you're doing the seller a favor. So Marco's going to come back and say, you know what? We're not doing this. You're not doing that. I ain't giving you shit. And that's where it could derail. And that's where we've seen a lot of train wrecks happen when, when people don't follow that process for that reason. Very well said, Frank. But to distill also a reason is, A, if you're dealing with very non-motivated sellers, you're not going to buy that property at a discount. And that's where you make your money. You make money on the buy. So if you're just dealing with agents that want to sell everything for full price, and there are markets right now where there are bidding wars, right? You have to make an offer that's higher than ask or like you're in Toronto. If you make an offer at full price, you're not buying this property. Or even in Orlando, speaking with a, a good friend of mine who's, a, who's an agent, there are bidding wars that go 5, 10, 15% over ask, which in Orlando is very rare. It's just a sign of the market. So going after the wrong property is going to be problem number one, right? Because you're not going to be the highest ever. 
when, especially in my tribe, right? We're never going to be the highest, but we have certainty of closing. So if we make, and also listed properties in general are typically retail anyway. So we don't make a whole lot of offers on listed assets, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. If you have the right group of people and you send out 100 offers that are very low and 78 of them say, screw off, you know, there's no way you're even in the running. The other 22% say, hey, why don't we counter here? That's why we do it. It's for the others that respond in a positive way that are open to a quick sale that want out now. So if your strategy is one offer, lots of research, offer as much as I can, it's going to take you 100 years to get a really good deal. Our process is cast a huge net and make very low offers on 100 properties at the same time with very, very little thought. Just what's it make? What's it worth? Here's what we're going to offer. And we want no's. We're not doing it to get everyone to say yes. In fact, we only want a handful to say yes so we can move forward with a good negotiation strategy that's very cooperative in the way that we do things, right? We're not combative. Uh, when you bought your hotel, you made a very low offer. You didn't want her to say yes. And slowly, you know, you go up over time, building time equity, which is a podcast that we just recently uh, did. You should listen to that. And the more time equity you put in, eventually, if they're really needing to escape or get out or are in a situation where they need money quickly, you're back in control, which is what Frank was saying, is a lot of sellers, when they give a discount, they think you're, they're doing you a favor. And it's really the wrong place to be in. You're doing them a favor by buying it because you're using capital to close quickly and that's what they want. They want a quick closing, a quick certain closing. And yes, it'll be less, but you're going to move on to whatever your next step is quickly with certainty if the price is right. Now, we had those scenarios, Marco, where we did do an LOI for an O and shit, they said yes, which again, if you know the formula, it's 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 significantly lower than than what they're asking. Basically, we're trying to find the floor or at least close enough to the floor uh, or an impasse. And when you do get a yes, then that raises another other flags of concern. But again, I think we had to on those scenarios where did say yes. And we, you know, we, we were expecting a no and the student was expecting a no. But for some reason or another, the seller accepted and they dropped the price that that much. And when they do that, obviously, it's red flags. Why would someone on one email or one conversation drop the price significantly? In those cases, you know what? We, we do tie it up and we'll, we'll peel the onion back later during due diligence uh, during our process to make sure, you know, what's the ugly that's in there if there is one. If there isn't, then, you know, you may have just caught a lucky charm in, in that, you know, basket that you, you oh, that basket, that net that you that you casted. And that happens. Diamond in the rough, man. Even a blind squirrel can find a nut once in a while. You know, you do a thousand of these and you happen to get a yes from someone that really is motivated. That's the exact number they want. And comes back to buyer's remorse, right? Where, oh shit, they said yes, what's wrong with the property? As opposed to being happy, which is what most people would be, we're a little cautious. So it's the exact opposite of what behaviors most people have when they get into this. But again, we're going to tie it up. You can't steal in slow motion. You got to, you know, send them the right agreement that protects us. We're not using agreements with tortious, not tortious uh, interference, that's a completely other clause, with specific performance. Did a contract class earlier today. You know, specific performance has to have this, has to have that. And if you screw up, then they're suing you, your family. You're losing an EMD. We don't even give an EMD until after the inspection anyway. And by the time that we owe it, we've already closed the property. So we really don't have any money at risk at all. So I don't care how much of an EMD that I put in, which is what secures the property. I'll put a hundred grand if I have to. And by the time... 
they are owed the money we've already closed so who cares what the number is so if you have the right knowledge and understanding of how everything works everything can play in your favor without fear right and we want a no not a yes so if we're and we live in the no i think we have a podcast on this everything i do is based on them saying no not on them saying yes because yes is easy no is fun right it's chess at that point so. it is a mind shift to get a note from a yes to a no and that's you know some people still are maybe listening to this podcast are still scratching their head like oh, okay i don't fully grasp why you want to know don't you want to buy it yes eventually we do want to buy it if the numbers check out but that's not where you're starting and this is just a starting point in the process yep all those no's lead to an impasse and then once we have an impasse where they can't go any lower then we do them a favor by buying it at on our terms at their number and it allows us to do all sorts of magical things and that's why the, my mm -hmm. process is called the aim method um there's a, a response mechanism which is the abc response mechanism i don't think we even discussed it on this podcast yet the impasse which i know we've discussed at nauseum and then the monetization of that impasse either by buying it or doing something creative to help the seller get exactly what they want and us make a ton of money by helping that seller Authentically, we really do want to help a seller, and there are ways of monetizing the impasse in 20, 30, almost 40 ways. Uh, there's 39 so There's far. a lot. So, there's a lot, yeah. So just to wrap this up, the objective of an LOI for a no is for them to say no. That's why it's called an LOI for a no, to make a very low offer with an expectation of a counter. It's not done on a onesie-twosie. It's done in, in volume. It's casting a wide net. And it's those that step forward. And if it's structured correctly, again, this is the, the shit that we, we do on a daily basis. If it's structured correctly and giving yourself room for negotiation and being okay with them saying no, being okay with them saying go to hell, them okay with whatever they say. And by the way, if they say go to hell, it means you haven't managed their expectations. They don't expect a very low offer with a quick closing. So there's an expectation gap that's there. So that tells you something based on the reaction. But if you do things correctly, they're cool with a very low offer. They're going to counter or say no, it's fine. It's way too low for us. Then we have a conversation around why it's too low for them. And we find out a lot about their situation, allowing us to help them later to monetize it. So it's a very neat uh, process and strategy that can make you millions if you really harness the information that you're getting and structure it correctly and it's made you millions uh frank every deal that i know you're in and bought has all been done this i way. got a lot of no's and a lot of fu's and a lot of go away and go to hell and you know they, they come back and you follow the process and some don't come back which is okay that's the whole point it's okay you're not everyone's buyers uh, as well yeah, yeah exactly yeah we're not everyone's yeah. buyer and that's okay with us and it's a numbers game it's the one out of 100 that will buy but you can monetize the other 99 if you are clear on a no because i've said this before if you say no to one thing uh, you're saying yes to everything else which is really where you want to be if you say yes to one thing you're saying no to everything else there's no more options because you've said yes so it's very empowering to say no it's actually the most power you're going to have is by saying no it's very very important and for them to say no as well and know that you're tr you're setting them up for a no and exactly what to do next because if they say no, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. So you can really navigate around how you want to structure this deal because they're supposed to say no. They're not supposed to say yes. So strategically, it's really cool to know you're supposed to say no. Good. I'm going to do this. You're supposed to say no. Good. And it's really neat to see how the deals come into fruition and all they have to do is say no. That's right. It's magical. It's, it's, it's a checkbox on, on the process. 100%. Sure is. All right. Well, there you go. So 
If you want to learn more in this whole process, you know how to find us, I hope. Uh, Marco at MarcoKazlowski.com. Shoot me an email. Apply this. If you're already in the business, make offers that are lower and have fun with it and manage their expectations. Saying, listen, I'll write you a check now, but it's going to be low. It's going to be cash. You're going to hate it. Have them beg for an offer. And when they do and you manage that expectation, have fun in negotiation. You'll see that you'll buy properties way cheaper making you more money because as you know, you make money on the buy in this uh, this real estate business. And then in the cash flow business, the cheaper you buy it for, the more money you make on a cash flow basis because your debt is on less money. So you automatically make more. So there you go. Like it, love it, share it. Franks, thanks so much. Gabriel, thank you so much for not being here today because we got it done a lot faster. You was, usually you it's me that, that delays it. Yeah, I'm usually me that drags yeah. it on, but uh, it's all no, good. No, 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 no. We're all good. I look forward to seeing you uh, in Vegas as well. Yes, we're see tomorrow. Both, uh, Vegas. Uh, yeah, we're off to uh, Vegas, uh, the thrice of us, and uh, private equity fund meetings. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to uh, your success as a listener. Subscribe, like it, love it, share it. Give us a great comment, please. We love five-star reviews. We're trying to get to 2,000 mm-hmm. uh, before the end of the year, and we absolutely would be delighted if you participated in that and helped us out. I'd love to give you as much value as possible. Thanks so much. Have a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic month and year. Crush it. Crush it. Crush it. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to GetDealsByTuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to GetDealsByTuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. 